Hey everyone, Justin here with HuntLink by Servicide. I am joined on the mic by actually a few Servicide members, um, but a little bit more than that. Um, also, Eric Haywood is our Northwest Regional Director. So we wanted to get him and his wife Shaylin on to discuss a little bit about what they have going on um, and kind of introduce them to our listeners here um they have a lot of stuff going on out west they currently live in idaho um so i'm gonna let them take the floor here and introduce themselves um whoever wants to go first i would love to uh to kind of dive into this so i guess let's start out with uh how are you guys doing today what's uh what's been going on well we've been busy man we're uh trying to figure this get this archery shop up and going and in the process of building a reindeer ranch which has been a pretty wild experience of deadlines and yeah the last couple months have been wild yeah we become business owners entrepreneurs and recently got married kind of all within this short three month period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely busy. And that's why we wanted to get y'all on because, uh, you know, talking with y'all over the last few months, a um, lot, lot of uh, of uh, pokers in the fire here. But I was like, we got to we got to see what's going on in the background, because I know you guys have been a little quiet and, and doing your thing and grinding. Um, so I had a few people that were, uh, you know, have been wanting to go out west and starting to venture out west. And I'm like, we got to we got to get them on here. We got to get the Haywoods on here and and uh, and see what they got cooking. So let's kind of uh, do a little icebreaker here. How did you guys get started out in hunting? Um, I grew up in a hunting family. I'm Idaho born and raised. Um, half my family on my mom's side's from Oregon, and my great grandfather was like this huge, crazy, renowned hound hunter. And so he was like the state bear and cat hunter. And then on my dad's side, just kind of like your weekend warriors, plaid shirt, blue jeans. And so I was, that was kind of the one time of year that our family got together. And so hunting was no different than like Christmas. We all looked forward to it. And then whatever was harvested, we'd always split up the meat amongst the family and stuff. Um, and so it's always been, and it's the men and women. I mean, my grandmother's 90, she's turning 92 this year, 91. And she's been hunting for 81 years. And so she even killed her buck last year. And so my mom was there when I shot my first deer and, you know, walked me through the field dressing process. So hunting has always just been a part of our lives. You know, we've raised our own pigs and beef and everything. And so that, you know, where your food comes from has always been a big part of it. And that's what we had. I wouldn't say survived off of, but we, yeah, rarely would buy meat ever. So it's always been a part of my blood. And then, I just kind of stumbled into the hunting industry, I guess you'd call it. Um, and I was living out of my camper for a while up in the mountains and stuff. And I went to actually went to school um, and got my paramedic degree. And so after all that, I was just like, you know, I'm done and went and lived in my camper. I told my mom I was going to create a career out of hunting. And she laughed at me. <laughs> she just thought I was crazy. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And here we are today. 
owning a hunting shop and hunting nonstop. Watch hunting, <laughs> everything. Hunting is life. <laughs> it is. It's an obsession. It's so bad. Everyone, they go on dates to watch movies. We can't wait to get home. And on a rare occasion where we actually can stay awake, we're watching hunting shows or researching hunting. It's yeah, eating it's peak <laughs> meals for dinner. That is our favorite date night. <laughs> That's uh, our favorite date night where it's just us and it's like honey you want to you want peak you want to watch some hunting and eat some peak and it's like yes that's, that's great and you know what i love about that is it's it's not forced you know i i you know i don't want to bad mouth uh anyone or if that's what they enjoy like whatever but you're not you're not doing it for the gram you, you know you guys are doing it because you love it and um you know you, you have that similar passion together and you know, even though we all hunt, we all hunt differently. We all do our own things, and we all like our own things. So, um, it definitely seems like you guys click on that front. And you know, you coming from a, a huge hunting background. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to go much anywhere else if you wanted to go get off the grid. <laughs> it's funny though, because growing up in a hunting, such a strong hunting family, it was definitely different. Like I think Eric's away he was way more into hunting and a bigger hunter than I ever was. We, I mean, we were the weekend warriors. A long shot was 50 yards through the thick timber. And I come out here and he's like, well, you got to, you know, we're quartering it and packing it out. Like, I'm sorry. What'd you, what'd you say? <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Why, 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 why are you setting miles for the truck? <laughs> why, are we, why are you taking your jacket off? What's happening? Oh yeah. I'm like, this guy's going to kill me. But of course, just bullheaded. It's like, you don't say anything. And I'm like, I'm not going to let him beat me at this. Like, no, I'm not. No. So it's, it's, I always have felt like he's, I mean, his experience with hunting and his knowledge of hunting has way surpassed mine and just trying to play catch up over the years. Cause it's just been, I don't know, his experiences I think are a lot deeper than mine as a guide. And so Eric, how did you get started out in hunting then? Well, my story is kind of the exact opposite. I didn't come from a hunting family. We were, like, my dad was big into fly fishing. And I grew up in Jackson, Wyoming, so that's pretty much all we did. And then I went hunting with a friend and their parents when I was 13 or 14. And I've always been that kind of guy that, like, likes a challenge. So I realized that hunting isn't easy. And I literally bought all the stuff. My dad helped me buy it. And at like 17, he'd take me up north here and drop me off. And I'd be like, all right, I'll see you in three days. And I'd just go out there by myself and figure it out. And I realized I wasn't getting very much knowledge because, you know, it was such a short time that I got spent out there. So after I graduated high school, I went to guide school and spent three years in the cellway. And that was like probably the coolest experience I've had. And the way I looked at that was instead of a weekend at a time or one week out of a year, I think I hunted six weeks every fall guiding guys. So I was like, man, that's like six years worth of knowledge in one year. And, and I just really went out there by myself for, I mean, I've had friends I've hunted with, but until I met Shaylin, 
nobody really, I couldn't click with anybody. And I think a lot of that's just my drive and do whatever it takes attitude. So I mainly figured it out solo, which wasn't easy 90% of the time. Well, you know, uh, sometimes I feel like, too, that that makes you appreciate it a little more. Um, you know, I grew up from a, in a hunting family, too, and we learned stuff. But it was it was it was like how Shaylin said it was a it was a weekend thing. You split up the meat, you know, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, knowing what like deer hierarchy or like the, the game, like as far as like, you know, what what you should let go and what's the best for your property. It was more so like go fill the freezer do it on the weekends, you know, or when you're out of school. And, you know, I learned some stuff like, you know, don't be loud in the woods, like, you know, stuff like that. Your your basic, yeah, your basic stuff, how to read a compass, you know, like drink water, like you learn things like that, but, um, you know, how to get back to town. But I didn't learn, you know, in-depth things. And then when I got older, I was a lot of self-taught until obviously we got to the point of, of joining service side and, and was able to branch out and get different perspectives. Now I'm just obsessed with learning different perspectives. Even if it's the craziest, just off the wall theory, I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to it and see. And sometimes I'm able to pick something out of it and apply it because the thing about it is no area is the same. And I think that like with the hunting industry, you see that a lot where this works, this works, this works. And I'm like, well, they all probably work, but it, it depends on your area, and sometimes you have to take half of one thing and half of another. I mean, I learned that hardcore in Florida from learning growing up in the mountains and then going to Florida. I was like, oh, I'm a good mountain hunter. I know what I'm doing. I kill game every year. Well, come down here, two years of, of nothing, you know, barely even seeing game, um, you know, and then it transformed into me being able to tag out multiple years in a row, but... Um, I definitely feel you there, man. Being self-taught, though, I don't, I don't know how it does for you, but I definitely felt, um, you know, evolution's always going to continue, but I definitely feel like it, it makes you appreciate it. It makes you definitely appreciate it, and it's very um, satisfying, you know, to, to learn something new on both your ends, you know. I'm sure you guys learn something new every day. <laughs> oh, for sure. It takes it way past even just hunting. I mean, we talk about it a lot you know we get asked that question as far as like you know oh well why'd you buy the hunting shop or even as when it comes into like the hunting industry world people will ask us you know about some of the other shops nearby like oh it's it's competition and it's like but it's not like you said you can always we're obsessed with learning every way all the different ways and at the end of the day like it doesn't just teach you about the animals and like it just it doesn't matter what you wear, what you use. There's a million ways to skin a cat and it's whatever works for you and whatever gets you out there because we've seen not only what it, I think it, at least for me, the mountains in a way you either, we have this saying like you either go out there to lose yourself or find yourself and to see what it can do for people, whether it's the mountain air or going through those struggles and coming out the other side and just seeing what it teaches you, not only, like I said, about hunting or the animals, but about yourself. And you really can see people grow and find this inner strength and confidence because you can't cheat the mountain. You can't control what those animals are going to do. And 
your way may not be the best way. So you're either going to find it out the hard way and figure it out, or you're going to learn from somebody else. And yeah, sure. got to keep that open mind of, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And I think, you know, learning to adapt to, I mean, as far as like elk hunting goes, there are never two days the same in the woods. And if you can't adapt to what the elk are doing, you really don't stand much of a chance. So like, you know, if you learn one way, I'm not saying that way can't work, but um, not being scared to try a different way. And I think that's with business, life, anything. Yeah, and people get so wrapped up in, oh, I'm a tree stand hunter. I'm an elk hunter. I'm an archery hunter. I'm a long range precision hunter. And it's like, at the end of the day, I think, I don't know, the stats were something like, of in the United States, the outdoor industry is only 10%. I think archery is only 4% of that 10%. And it's like, it doesn't matter. We're all standing for the same thing of just get out there and do what you love to do. It's a passion and a privilege, you know, and we all have that in common. And it's about keeping those traditions for years to come being open-minded yeah for sure I, I always it always uh, irks me when i when i see the division in, in the hunting industry and i i don't think it's i think it's definitely tur- started to turn around i think people are starting to be a little better i mean i'm not saying social media is getting better but i do think that that i do see a lot more people saying good job and and attaboy kind of thing but uh, the division's crazy because if people e- even understood a fraction of that, like ammo that's getting shot our way from, um, you know, many different organizations throughout the country, even the world, um, they would probably realize that you know whether I'm a bow hunter, or a tree stand hunter, or a dog hunter, you know, we all have the same enemy and the same cause. You know, you'll have an archery hunter over here having a discussion about why they're better with a gun hunter or vice versa. And then you've got that state that just outlawed bear hunting or cat hunting or, you know, whatever the case may be, change, change the draws, you know, made it so that you have to use a draw for a a local area. Like, you know, and and all this is just going to the wayside. Um, You know, not enough people are, I think really understanding, like you said, the, you have to understand yourself. You can't be like, well, that Instagram person or that YouTuber does this, so I should do that and I'm going to have a great time. Like, it just doesn't work like that. You have to pick your own way of enjoying the outdoors, whatever it may be. As long as it's legal and ethical, I don't, you know, there's really, like you said, there's no wrong way. Yeah, and I agree with that. Like, we all need to stand together. You know, if you guys have something going on in Florida you want changed, I think the whole United States should be fighting for you. For sure. No, it's, it's a lot, man. I mean, we can't even kill bears here. And, and, and it's what's crazy is I've been to these um, uh, meetings, like the ones where you can vote on and stuff. And you can, you know, it's open to the public. Anyone can go there. If you want to get 5,000 people to go to the front door, you can legally do that. And what's crazy is you get two or three people will show up. And usually they're a little, you know, you also have to kind of be a a polished, you know, because at the end of the day, like what's, you know, a fly is going to be more attracted to honey than crap. You know, it's, it, you can't just be like, oh my, this is my view and you either like it or you don't. You have to 
understand both sides and, and be able, I think, to rebuttal each other. But you'll have two or three people show up, and I get it. They make it hard. They make, you know, at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, you know, 99% of your hunters are at work, you know, or, or taking the kid to school or something. So, you know, I, I get it. I get that there's obstacles, but you won't see a lot. And then, you know, when, when it gets, you know, turned down, you'll hear, Oh, I, that's bull crap. And I'm like, oh, how many meetings you go to? Oh, I, I can't go to any. I'm like, well, you know, you gotta kind of stand up a little bit too. And I'm not saying that every time you stand up, they're not gonna tell you no. I mean, a bureaucrat's favorite thing to say is no because no has no consequences most of the time. So, yeah. Um, but well, that that's for another day with that rabbit hole. We'll uh, <laughs> let's, let's dive back in here. So I want to know more about what you guys have going on. I know you just mentioned the shop. So tell us a little bit about that. So you guys recently purchased a shop in Idaho. We did. Um, so I became a part of this shop in 2019, and it was it's this is a mom and pop shop that has been here at the time. I don't know we're creeping up on 30 years or something like that. So the, I've known the family that has owned this shop and it originally started as a gunsmithing shop. And then it over time grew to this all around hunting, fishing, firearms and archery pro shop. Well, when his mom passed away, she was the head honcho. And, you know, I told him if you ever need help, you know, I've always grown up rifle hunting. I don't know a lot about archery. I shoot a bow and I don't know Jack about fishing, but you know, if you need help, let me know. And so the first week I started part-time and after that second week I've been full-time, you know, the shop was kind of, it was in a really rough patch and just a shop that has been stuck in the past, like 20, 30 years past and has not changed. And so just, over the since then just trying to bring this place back up to speed and just get it with the current times and we've been trying to buy the shop and that's kind of how i guess everything i wouldn't say fell into our lap it was more forced into our lap um we've been you know we had made an offer on the place and they just weren't ready to retire and so i had this crazy idea to go start our other business <laughs> and um so we went and said okay two and a half five years you know we're gonna go start this other thing in the meantime and start our transition and when you're ready we'll buy this place so we dove everything into our other business and then three months later they sat me down and said hey we're putting it on the market it's on the market today and so that was kind of a hard pill to swallow and so I we stuck around um we found an investor that had recently bought into one of the other gun shops here. And cause at the time they were going to, the people that were going to buy this place, were going to tear it down for homes. And I just, I mean, this place has so many years of history that you just couldn't, we couldn't let it go. And so we found the investor and he purchased it and he got so busy with everything that it got to a point I came home one night and told Eric, you know, like we need to be prepared. I, I really think he's going to close the doors and, you know, we got, we got to start looking at figuring something out. Well, he gave us a call and said, I want you to take it and run with it. And we sat and talked about it of like, you hear all the time, you know, don't spread yourself too thin. Don't have too many irons in the fire, you know, focus on one thing and be successful, which I, 
completely agree with the 100%, um, you know, really focus on something. However, we really felt like we didn't have a choice of if we let this thing go, it's not only going to lose our hunting shop and our passions, but the entire community, you know, is going to lose the shop. And so, of course, we said yes and just kind of came to the conclusion that's like, I mean, if we had a dime for every time we said, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to figure it out. We always, we're always going to find a way. And so we bought the shop in April and we, it's been me by myself the during the time prior to us owning it. And then now Eric has his full-time job. And so, I mean, it's our days are, we're up at four o'clock in the morning, get him out the door. He goes to work. I get to the shop, open things up. Um, we have one employee. He finally went full-time after he graduated high school. And so, and then Eric will step in after work and they'll try to work on bows. Um, we have him apprenticing with our bow tech and just trying to get the shop turned around and just get systems in place to try to get a smooth running ship right now. It feels like it's hurting cats and putting fires out. And then as soon as we go home, it's to the grind, building fence, this and that dinner, homework of sages in school and go to bed. We finally, I think I'll head to bed about 10, 10 30, talk until we fall asleep and start it all over again. So, I mean, gosh, that's so freaking awesome, like, hearing that you guys kind of took, I mean, you, you were up against it, it sounds like. I mean, it was either going to get bought or you weren't, it was going to possibly, I mean, who even knows if it would have stayed a store, if it would have got rezoned or whatever, but, um, and then employing, uh, you know, locals to, to help run it, trying to grow the tradition in them, because I think that's something that a, a lot of people kind of forget is like, okay, you know, we're all in our 20s, 30s, 40s and up. But what about those teenagers that are coming out of high school? Like at the end of the day, like those are the people coming into the hunting space and buying licenses and becoming the next Botex and becoming the next store owners. I mean, especially with everything that's going on online now. Um, I mean, Amazon's been like, I know, really hitting it on a lot of outdoor companies, just the way logistics are and, and all that other stuff. Um, so having an old timey store. I mean, I grew up where you, when you went to the hunting store, like it was a treat. Like you were, like you got to look at all the stuff. You didn't know half what half of it was, but you know, you was walking around and you know that the animal heads on the wall and you know all the trophies, the stories. Um, you know, I, I really like that you guys kind of took that. I mean, it sounds like with y'all's background, something like that was was bound to happen. But um, it's nice that you can got to continue the tradition. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, when you look, like our walls are plastered with photos still. And I still print out photos like, and just, yeah, I think we just, I grew up with, you know, Tom's tackle shop and stuff. And so to see something like this just disappear and start going more towards the franchise side of things, it yeah. just, just kind of, you know, it's letting that tradition. And so we just felt that we were going to take it on and somehow trip and fail ourselves forward <laughs> every day well, I mean, just just keep moving forward i mean the, the the hardest things that you go through i mean usually i mean they in my opinion they they definitely make for a better future and um you know i it almost makes me feel sad that that there aren't more um 
I guess people taking these types of opportunities, like you said, it becoming a franchise. Like there's so many hunters out there that never got to experience that that hunting store vibe, like that or that hunt camp vibe. You know, I mean that's one thing we try to do at Service Side is bring that back. Obviously, it's a little more virtual. We do in person stuff, but you know, you kind of have the best of both worlds. But it's just crazy that think about how many people hunters out there coming into the world like aren't getting to experience like you know going to your local shop or you know sitting there hearing all the old timer stories whether they're true or not (laughs) we love it i mean there are days it's frustrating because you're like i have so much to do and i don't have time to listen to a two-hour hunting spiel (laughs) but then on the flip side you have to look at like they chose to tell us their stories like they want us to like almost family you know i mean I had a guy come in here a couple weeks ago and he kept missing Eric and he was so bummed because, you know, he's in his late eighties and he's like, I'm a fifth generation fly fishing guide, this and that. And we're talking about flies and, you know, I don't know if you've ever, if anyone's ever heard about the pots fly and how hard it is to, I mean, you can't buy them. And it's like this wonder fly that works for everything. And he went and made a pots fly, which takes a ton of time. And he brought it in the other day and was so excited and was like, you need to take this to your husband. Like, and so stuff like that, you have to realize of like, oh, okay. And and when people bring us their game meat or their fish, they caught like it just, man, the honor. It's a a simpler time right there. And it's just an honor, you know, to have them share a piece of that with us because we all know how hard or at least have heard how hard it is to hunt or fish and to actually bring you something of that is just man it hits it hits the heartstrings no for sure and it's it's great to hear that it's still happening because it's just they put a local shop down the road from me and the closest one's like an hour and a half and i tell you what like it just it it hit and i was like this is so great just going there leaning on the counter talking for 15 minutes you know, like it is just, I, I, I hate that a lot of people don't get to experience that. And I love that you guys are continuing that tradition because that is what it's about. When someone does that, I know when I give someone game meat, I, I like them a lot. <laughs> you yeah. know, like my, my neighbor, for example, loves hunting, doesn't really get to go much. I bring him food all the time. He's like, man, thank you so much. And I'm just like, well, you're, you know, you're a good guy. I understand you can't get out there and I don't want you to miss out. So. Yeah, and that's how we look at this too. Is like we we want it to be an inviting atmosphere for everybody. You know, you go to those bow shops, and a lot of times you you know you feel like they look at you like you might be kind of uneducated, yeah. which it's a lot of hunter, a lot of hunters yes. are. Like if you're a beginner hunter and you walk into a pro shop and you're looking at racks of bows and accessories and you don't know what to do. A lot of times it can be uncomfortable. They can walk out or even for, I mean, I hate to play that card, but I know when I walked into my first bow shop, like it was really intimidating or buying my first pistol of, you know, you don't know Jack. You flip over the price tag once and you're like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) And, and that's for guys too. You know, you see a lot of guys come in. It's like, they're kind of looking around you're like, Oh, can I help you? You know, I'll just look in. Okay. And then you check back in with them. They're like, yeah, I just, I just bought my first, but it's like, okay, what, like, here we go. Like, let's get you started. You got to start somewhere. Everybody yeah. has started somewhere. 
Yeah, for sure. It's definitely intimidating. It can be for sure. And, you know, even like, I know a lot of bow shops, like the internet, man, Yeah. we call them the internet warriors. They come in here with their bow and, you know, they're like this and that and the other thing. And you can tell like, okay, this guy's just, he's a I don't know, rabbit hole. Yeah. He just goes <laughs> down the internet rabbit hole. Right. And you know, it's a lot of shops. I've seen it before where Bowtex will treat those people pretty poorly. They're like, you know, I've heard, I've heard guys say, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, <clears throat> so trying to prevent that kind of stuff too. And just, just make it a comfortable atmosphere, mm-hmm. which sure. again shoots us in the foot because we get those customers that they just come in to talk. <laughs> They're like, "Oh man, I like those guys down at Summit Archery." Yeah, so I'm gonna get you're, you're over here, uh, you're over here <laughs> trying to get a million things done, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, no, I I get it. I uh, I actually run into that often, and it's it's one of those things. It's a catch twenty two, and it's bittersweet. It's like, yes, I do want to talk to you, and I want to give people the attention that I feel like they deserve and the respect that they deserve. And if I'm answering emails, worried about my next phone call, worried about the podcast, having a few hours, you know, I feel like I'm not really giving them the respect that they they deserve to be telling me this. Like like you said, Jalen, like if they're willing to tell me this, obviously they. I have a spot in their heart or, you know, I mean something to them or they wouldn't be taking their time to do this. And I, I feel you, man. I definitely feel y'all. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's trying to find that balance of, well, I have 80 million things to do before I have to make dinner, fix fences and get the kid. Like, you know, we have to remind ourselves of that constantly. And that goes with us, you know, to not lose us. And, yeah. you know, there, there are times it's like, you know what, let's just go for a walk or let's go for a drive. Cause everything else is, and it's a trial by fire. You know, I'm not a bookkeeper. I never said I was going to be a bookkeeper. I don't know marketing, nothing. And here we are learning and stumbling our way through learning all these different things to run a business and the difference between working on a business in a business customer service and then ourselves you know at sure. home and just reminding ourselves that it's like no matter what you have you know every day uh, we're putting out fires that are catastrophic level i mean there's some days it's like well we may not have a building next week where are we going to go this and that to you know obviously finances is a stress for anyone when it comes to a business and getting the right inventory and stuff and then going home and you're physically exerting yourself, you know, typically we're doing mountain tough workouts in the afternoon and that's an hour and a half, two hours of beating yourself up from going home and beating yourself up with a Mm -hmm. fence post. And then just, yeah, reminding ourselves that no matter what's going on, like if it's a customer in front of you, they don't need to know about it. So put a smile on your face listen to their story because it's a huge honor and then going home and making sure we're good about not taking frustrations out on each other because, yeah, or, or even Sage, you know, our, our daughter and snapping, if she doesn't put something away or close the bag of chips, it's like, okay, we need to remember that it's, we're not frustrated with anyone else for telling us a story or it's not a waste of time. It's situations. And so keeping that in check is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And we knew like, we knew this was going to be 
the hardest year of our lives probably when we signed up for all this but you know having that goal like that five-year plan that's what we look at constantly and keep talking about because the idea of both businesses was one's busy one time of the year the other's busy the other time of the year and then working towards finding those people we can trust to run our businesses to free up more time for family hunting like that's our goal mm-hmm. for sure so always keeping that at the forefront keeps us going because i mean i'm sure you know just as well as we do like 19 20 hour days seven days a week you burn out fast oh, when you're not working you're still working on something oh yeah like... there are some days you want to cry yourself to sleep but you don't even have the energy to cry I mean, yourself to if, sleep. We, if, if there was 100 hours in a day we could easily fill them yeah, yeah. for sure no 100 uh, percent. and then you start thinking of i always uh something me and Allie always talk about i, I feel like my to-do list gets bigger and bigger and she's like i don't think i've ever seen a to-do list get smaller you know like no. it's just But you know what? That just means you're living to the fullest extent. And, you know, if you keep pushing those hard times, you know, I'm sure when Jimmy started Service Side in 2011, it was, it was, oh, this is fun and this is enjoyable and it's a hobby. And, okay, we're starting to evolve. We're starting to get traction. Okay, this is great. People love this. We want to help people to where we are today with, you know, over a thousand members throughout the country. And these are, all great people and you know it it's it gets i remember back in the day when i was a member seeing those late nights and them up at 10 o'clock editing videos and and doing all this stuff and i'm sitting here like you know going through he's going through school he's you know he's also runs a chiropractic business so you know he has doctors that work for him so just so much and then when i came into the inner workings of service side and i got to see all that i'm like wow this is uh, hunting being in the hunting industry is just so much more than hunting like honestly i i even if you make it a priority it's it's definitely one of the smallest parts and you know you definitely enjoy it and i always make the most of every trip but um that just shows you're living you know you could just be on a couch somewhere doing nothing so. <laughs> yeah and that's like you know i've always wanted to be in the hunting industry too i i like the guiding aspect because it was helping people i'm just one of those kind of guys like I haven't personally shot an animal in two years because I've let Shaylin shoot them. I'd rather see her be successful than myself. It's just kind of the way I've always been, but like, I kind of lost my train of thought on that. Well, and Geo, <laughs> the bull, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, just, to just help a people. quick story. Like we went deer hunting two years ago and struck out. And right before we left, I watched a about 350 bull come into the head of this canyon. And we were like watching him and it's like, man, that's a nice bull. And we didn't have elk tags. So instead of driving away, I was like, hey, can we get a hold of that kid that our taxidermist has been taking hunting for two years that hasn't shot anything? So we made some phone calls and got him up there and walked him in on that elk and he shot it. And I mean, Shaylin was like, that was the most rewarding thing I've ever experienced. His and I'm dad like, that's was why there. I love it. Like yeah. His dad was there, got oh, to see awesome. it. And, and this 13 year old kid just killed a 350 inch bull. And I'm like, man, you don't know what you just did. I've been chasing that for 15 years and I haven't even come close. <laughs> we got so excited over that bull. 
we tried to get a better angle on him. We ran over both of our guns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, there's always something that happens with us. But, like, you know, and it's just, like, that paying it forward, I guess. Like, he got to experience his first harvest. We got to experience it with him. And his family was so grateful that, like, his dad just disappeared at one point when we were processing this elk. And he hiked clear to the top of the mountain to get service. And his wife went to the grocery store, got all the stuff to make like a full carne asada spread, went to the taxidermist house. And by the time we packed that bowl out, there was a mass amount of food to thank us for what we did. And I'm just like, those are the moments I live for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we do. And like, I don't know, that's, that plays a huge part in, you know, why we became members of Servicide and bought the hunting shop is like helping. I mean, me with a paramedic background, like we both have been in the industry of helping people from the get go. And, you know, we're a big part of hunt of a lifetime. And those are, I think we've helped more people harvest animals over the last couple of years than we have ourselves. And, you know, seeing, taking those kids out with hunt of a lifetime and, you know, they've been stuck in hospitals and stuff and to see them harvest an animal or it just, I don't know, helping people harvest something has just been a huge passion of ours because they get to see what we get to experience a lot of the time and to share that with them and bring them into our world. It's just, it's a good feeling. You know, it, it really is. It really is. And those that have experienced it, you you know exactly what we're talking about. I, I myself enjoy yeah, there was a time where I was having more fun getting other people on turkeys and hogs down here and not saying I didn't enjoy it myself, but it was like I, every, every time I was going, I was calling someone either in service side or someone that had been begging me to go. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going this evening. You want to roll, you know, your shooter. And I even went and took one guy and he was like, you're not going to shoot. And I'm like, nah, man, that's all you. Like, if you can get the second one, go ahead and get the second one too. Um, I'm like, that's all you, I want you to enjoy it. And it is, it's so rewarding. Cause I mean, all you're doing is not pulling the trigger. You're literally doing every single thing else required to harvest that animal. So it's, it's rewarding. I love it. But real quick, before we jump off this topic, I want to ask you guys a little bit more about hunt of a lifetime. I mean, if you want to throw a plug out for them, if someone's interested in, in get being a part of that, how can they, uh, how can they get more information? Yeah, so I think it's huntofalifetime.org. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's it's probably one of the coolest organizations I've had the pleasure to be a part of or support because they take kids under, I think, 21 um, with terminal illnesses hunting, and they don't turn anybody down. So if 50 kids apply they take 50 kids like as volunteers we figure out how to make the money to support that and they it's anything like if they want to go deep sea fishing for tuna they find a way to do it if kid wants to go to alaska to hunt grizzly bear they'll make it happen and they take the families too. yeah and it's like, a family affair like they they bring brothers sisters dads moms i mean like the two that we've gotten to go on so far have both been moose hunts and it's really cool to see because a lot of those kids have spent a lot of years in the hospital super sick 
and they get to go out in the mountains and be a kid and it's it's probably the greatest thing we've done hands down like and it just it touches your heart forever um yeah like it's got a hold of me like i was gonna say yeah we lost our first um so we took our first kid out and we were with him for four five days that was it and you get to know they're they're your family and unfortunately he had passed away um this last year and you know to look back thank goodness um we had light to dark productions they got they came out and filmed it and so his family will be able to have that but it just talk about something that just hits you on another level and you know when you think you're going through a hard time yeah for sure and life sucks man you look at these kids and they've got a damn smile on their face in the middle of a blizzard. And in the back of your head, you're thinking, there's no way we're pulling this hunt off. Like, there is no way we can pull this off and get it to come together. And it just all comes together and it just makes you appreciate life. And so we've stepped up and, yeah, go to the, I mean, the website. We can send you a video of um, the hunt we were on. And if anyone ever has any questions about how to get involved, I mean, reach out to us here at the shop through service side or just go to their website. I mean, it truly, in any of those programs, I know there's a lot of politics out there and there's a lot of programs at the end of the day, as long as it's getting those kids out just, or veterans, whatever it is, you know, they're all great. It's getting them out. And so just to be a part of something like that has been quite a big deal for us it's hit home well we'll definitely put that in the show notes to to help um you know bring a little bit more awareness that we have a a, we have a few people in service side um that that do different things but one guy i know um that's been doing it for many years he's out of florida his name is festus pody i I don't i don't think that's his real name he was in the military for a long time and you know he doesn't (laughs) show his face on social media you know he always wears different masks and things like that but he um he does a lot for for children that um either are disabled or or terminal or or you know in veterans um you know all three but he uh he does a lot of this and i tell you what the the look on those kids faces like his face is covered with a mask so you never really know what he's looking like but uh the the kids i'm like man like that is so freaking uh, just i mean just taking them you know one kid got a crossbow um you know took him and killed a turkey and um you know another one got to holocon he has deer on his property and I, i'll be honest with you i don't even think he does much of his own killing i pretty sure he, you know whenever he has an opportunity he's getting someone down to his place so um shout out to him too but that's that's awesome i love that y'all are doing that and I'm going to look into it. I'm going to put this in the show notes. I, you know, there's a few times where I could take people out. We have St. Jude's right down the road. So I'm sure, you know, there's something that we can do to, to help get, get more kids out there and experience what we get to experience and why we love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important too, just to, to get youth involved in hunting because that's our next I mean, generation. That's our next generation yeah. of hunters right there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they say we're trending downwards as far as numbers. Um, and that can only mean bad things in the future because if you have less hunters, they're going to start, you know, in my opinion, taking tags away or making it harder to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, it does make it easier when you, uh, you know, it's strength in numbers. And 
two, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Money talks. So if there's a ton of money coming in from license fees, trust me, there is somebody there pulling the strings that's like, oh, well, this amount of money's coming in, so let's just keep things rolling. There's mm-hmm. never going to be a person in control that says, well, we got a lot of money, but let's go go ahead and, and, and put a clip on this. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen. It's just the world we live in. Um, that's reality. And if the money and the license fees are coming in and you know, the, the negativity is kept to a minimum and, and things are painted in a good light. That's something we're huge on. I tell people all the time, like, I do not care what you do in your personal life. None of that matters. But when you're showcasing it, you need to be respectful um, and ethical. And I would hope they're doing it behind the scenes. Um, but it's something that you have to remember, too, especially with social media. I mean, something taken out of context. We I always tell this story. We go kill. Um, we get... Um, land depredation tags and um we can kill like 20 deer a piece on one of a couple properties that we we hunt at and you know we'll take pictures and we all tell each other like you know show friends but this doesn't go on social media because taken out of context i mean it just it doesn't look good it doesn't look good at all but in reality we got farmer john over here uh you know crying at night because he he about to lose his fourth generation family farm because taxes and 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 uh his his crop is getting destroyed um you know and and being able to take out those deer and we don't even put a dent in the population which is crazy you know we killed a lot last year and i'm like oh that that'll do it nope this year looking at trail camera photos it looks like even more so i'm like it's just a hot it's just a hot zone and it you know it's not public land it's it's all privately owned so you know a farmer can only you can only kill so much i mean our state has one of the highest i think numbers for taking deer and it's it's five you can kill five um deer and that's one of the highest that that i know of personally um and even then i mean it's just you go to certain spots and it's it, it's flooded and there's other areas that i go to where they get one deer tag and i'm like trying to pick and choose which one of the 20 in front of me i want to take Jeez. good yeah. problem to have but there's just a lot of a lot of stuff that can be taken out of context and then there's some areas that the deer density is so low that you might see a deer every few you know 100 miles so it, it's definitely situational for sure but painting yourself in a good light is huge and you know i tell youth hunters all the time anytime i'm with a youth and i'm taking them out i'm like make sure you respect the animal make sure you showcase that you respect the animal because that's that spreads if you do it and it's cool your friend's gonna do it like let's make being respectful and and proper and you know trying your best to you know put the tongue back in the animal's mouth and you know just trying to trying you know we kill hogs here we shoot them in the head well i don't take the picture with with the you know the 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 part of the head that that the bullet entered you know i i try my best even though it's a pig to to just paint it in a good light you know it it just it's just one of those things where visually i want to try to make it appealing just because i i want people to understand that i do respect this animal even though i took its life i do respect it i'm gonna eat it i'm gonna i'm gonna um be um honored to be able to to be able to take its life to to um give my family nourishment um to provide something where i know where it came from you know that's huge for me um you know i have a kid and he ate some wild hog the other day and i was sitting there like man this is great you know like yeah i'm literally that's know what i'm feeding my kid that's it right there is teaching 
our youth ethics because that's not something in my opinion you're really born with like showing them the right way you know we don't go shoot a deer and throw it on the hood of the pickup and drive through town right and show it off or like you said i mean just that putting a tongue back in the mouth and cleaning the blood off of the mouth makes a way i mean i could show that to a non-hunter and they're like oh man that's cool right but if i show them a picture of blood all over its mouth yeah, like eyes crossed out, and, sticking and, out yeah ears flopped like that's just not i'm a hunter i don't want to see that <laughs> you know like right. exactly i mean and that's i think that's common misconception non-hunters have about hunters is we're heartless but tell you right now i, I don't know i every animal i've killed i've had a moment where yes i felt almost bad for taking its life i mean i use every bit of it but there's that sorrow in me of like man i just this animal's up here living its life doing its thing and here i come along and took it out (laughs) dude yeah we deal with that a lot especially in our area it's a very north and south kind of feel here you know there are certain topics you know and there's certain places that it's like you don't walk into that store or this town with camo on you know there's because it's just it opens the door for just i mean if you if anyone could ask questions if you want to listen and learn by all means but you know marketing wise we love sharing photos of our hunters and our customers and stuff and but it's just you know making sure that that not everyone agrees with it however making the best i mean you've all tried taking blood out of clothing i mean taking it out of a photo is ridiculously tough um because they want to share but you know just trying to keep in mind other people seeing it and even when we publish photos it's there's a good chance that i've worked on it for an hour trying to get the blood removed or just cleaning images up yeah being mindful of like you said you're not going to show a hole in the side of a hog's head right Right, and it can, like, we can say it's just a pig or blah blah blah. It's an it's an evasive. It's a you know, but that doesn't matter. None of that matters. Yeah, and it's as simple as like you know, you shoot an elk and the entrance hole has blood on it. Put your backpack or your bow in front of it, something to hide it. You know, don't walk into a grocery store in Sun Valley covered in blood and cow and heat urine because that's not painting a very good image of hunters it's it's not and and you know at, at the end of the day like you know there's probably some people listening like oh i do what i want well you can you you can always do what you want that's that's the beauty of of living in a, a free country um you know but the the thing about it is like if you want to continue this tradition and if you want more i have plenty of friends plenty of friends that do not hunt and do not even fish plenty of them and I tell you what, not one of them, at least from what I understand, thinks I'm just like a cold-blooded killer or even working in the hunting industry. Like that's all I care about is killing stuff. And I, I have a, uh, you know, maybe like this, uh, what do they call it, a psychopathic tendency to want to take. Like none of them say that, and they all understand because they know I always try my best. To respect the animal in any way I can. Now, sometimes it can't be happened. You know, sometimes you can't happen. So that's like you said, maybe put something in front of it. You know, put someone put someone else in front of it when you do the photo. But I want someone to look at something and be like, okay, yes, he did take a picture. She did take a picture. And, 
And, you know, they wanted to showcase that memory. This is why I do it. It's not for cloud. If you were to go to my Instagram right now, you'll see a few pictures of fish, a few pictures of turkey, a few of hog. But it's usually I'm with someone. And there's a reason behind that. I never wanted to paint myself as, you know, look at me. Like, just look at me. Look at all this I've done. All that's for me. It's in a physical photo book. And it's in my house. You know, people come over. I'm like, hey, you should check out my my photo book you know it's not well let me follow you on instagram what's well, not on instagram it's not on facebook um, yeah i put very well little... i think that's kind of a learned thing too right like you know when i was younger i was all about like oh i want to show off all these animals i shoot and how good of a hunter i am but the one thing that turned me around was that hunt of a lifetime program because the guy the president of idaho that we went with just listening to him talk like when we made this video on this moose hunt, he wanted nothing to do with the video. He didn't want to be in it. He didn't want to talk in it. He's like, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to provide this kid with the experience they want. It has nothing to do with me. And I think a lot of people in that position can get that misconstrued. You know, like there was a past president that was using it for his benefit. Like, I'm going to go check this outfitter out in Alaska to make sure he's up to snuff for us to send this kid to. And I'm like, well, that's just for his benefit. He just went, he wanted to go hunt caribou Never in Alaska. Never took the kid. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what it is about. And this isn't a shot at anybody this year. I'm actually planning to uh, showcase pretty much all my season unless something happens now um for those that don't already know i i took a hiatus i haven't created content and gosh probably two or three years i've been the one on the other side putting the content out or, or finding it or, or whatever and um i did that because i felt personally that i was getting away from my roots and i'm not a religious person um but i felt like i was losing my faith i was losing my uh, myself. Um, and I felt like, like where I, I noticed I'm, I'm somebody that when I notice something, I either cha I change it immediately or I correct it. It's just, that's just how my mind's wired. It's be better. Don't do that. Write down these 30 mistakes you made and fix it. That's just how I'm wired. And I noticed that I was going down a road. I, I'm not saying it was bad. It could have been great. It, you know, I'm not saying it was a, a negative thing. It was a negative thing for me personally. Um, not for society or morals or any of that stuff. And I stepped back and really started getting more into taking people and sharing with them. I, I took a guy out that's an expert in the form of hunting we were doing. I mean, an expert, very successful, very consistent. Took him out with me. He learned something new. He even told me, he goes, I've never hunted like this before. And that's his game animal. Like, that's what he hunts. Um, and he's like, I've never hunted like this before. Thanks, thank you for giving me that experience. And right there, I'm like, wow. Like he's kind of honestly, I would say he's better than me with that. Um, and you know, I was able to showcase. So that just showed me like right there. I was like, wow, everyone does have something to show someone, even if you are the best. And doing it for your personal reason. If your personal reason showcasing and you want to bring awareness to taking that kid out and blah blah blah, sure, film it. I'm I'm filming all my stuff this year. I want to showcase how easy it can be to hunt across the country on a budget and have a family. Um, and that's something that words, I'm not getting it through the way I'd like to with words. So I'm going to show it and I'm going to try it yeah. that way. You know, it's just trial and error. This didn't work. This didn't work. I'm going to try it this way. If that doesn't work, I'll try something new. 
Um, but you definitely got to do what, what's best for you. And, you know, once I did that, I, like you said, watching him say that, I'd open my eyes to be like, okay, now I know how I want to utilize, you know, this experience or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So let's see here. I know we're coming on an hour. I know you guys got to have to open the shop soon. Do you guys still have a little bit more time or? Yeah, yeah we're good for we're a good. little bit. Well, let's jump into, you guys have a few other things going on. So you had mentioned that you have a, a, a reindeer ranch. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> what? Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Well, so we bought, the, we bought our property three years ago. And we were sitting on the porch and Shaylin's like staring off in the field. <laughs> I'm like, what are you thinking about? She's like, I'm thinking about reindeer walking around in that field. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what, you... I'm like, I don't know what planet you're sitting <laughs> on. Right now, you had. <laughs> I'm like, there's not going to be reindeer walking in that field. And then we, uh, she just kept talking about it. And I'm like, okay, if you can show me that this can make some money, we'll get reindeer. <laughs> so we, went, we literally, she's like, okay, I signed us up for Reindeer Farmers Association and we're going to a conference in Leavenworth this summer. And I'm like, a reindeer conference? They have reindeer Seriously? <laughs> I've never heard of that. I don't even I think know. the word reindeer has ever been said on this podcast, even before my <laughs> tenure here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we went and talked to a lot of people and learned a lot. And I'm like, man, this is, it's a lucrative business. There's not a whole lot of people in it. I think there's, there's less than 500 in the United States. Yeah, it started out as a joke. I just thought I, I have always liked to be different. Um, I like different. And I just kept kind of seeing people with them. I'm like, you know, I always wanted like a pet fox. Like, I mean, I blame my grandmother in that because growing up, my mom, you know, with my grandpa being such a big hunter, I mean, they raised big bobcats, skunks, possums. They had a pet deer named Twinkle Toes. Like, <laughs> I just, I wanted, you know, I was like, oh, I want a pet fox. And now, and then it was like, I want, I want a pet reindeer. Like, I just would randomly see it. And I'm like, all right. And then he bros like, well, you know, is it a business? And we started talking to people. And I mean, I will admit the first, the first person we talked to, he, they had been in the business for heck 30 some years. I mean, even hearing it come out of his words. I mean, when I hung up the phone, it was like, that, that guy's high. Like he, they, <laughs> they, there's no, like, this is so insane. This is ridiculous. Um, like you got to be on something. So then we talked to another person and another and another. And every ranch we talked to, we were getting the exact same thing back. And it was just like, there is no way. And so we, um, we, we've, I come from a really long line of like the hard ranching and he's been packing worked with it. Like we love the ranching lifestyle, but we both know that you, you can't just go out and buy a ranch right, and you right. can't unless you inherit even then there's the inheritance tax like ranching we've watched ranch after ranch just die out and it just there it yeah beef cattle is up this year it's great but you know we know a lot of ranchers and to watch their struggle and so when we came across this business model it was like we can do this and especially in the area we live in um and so we just started diving i mean two years we've been digging into it and we finally got our number called <laughs> for our reindeer. And so we 
got to a point where, you know, neither one of us wanted that nine to five. We're sick and tired of busting butt, you know, and just not seeing the return on it and doing something for ourselves. We want to be home more with our family, go to our daughter's plays, you know, whatever that is. And so we, I I mean, I'm not recommending it, but we finally put everything on the line. I mean, financially, everything um, to put a deposit down on these deer. I mean, we didn't even have a bank behind us, nothing. It was like, this will get our foot in the door. Now we do not have an option. Like we have got to figure this out by the time they're ready. And I mean, there were so many times it was like, I don't, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. And we say to each other all the time, you know, like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to figure it out. We always figure it out. And sure enough, here we are two years later, you know, reindeer coming this month and we're figuring it out and it's happening. And so. Yeah. Like Shaylin's mom says, Shaylin can sell a bridge to somebody in Arizona. (laughs) 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 Because there was like all these people, not, there's not that many in the reindeer industry, but they're like, how did you guys get an ag loan to do this? And that's what I tell them. Shaylin can sell a bridge to somebody in Arizona because this is the first bank that has ever gotten behind anybody on this. Mm-hmm. Well, and nice. to give us the time of day, I mean, a lot of us laughed at us and sent us out the door, you know, with our tails between our legs. And they just, I don't know, they they believed we finally just found someone that believed in us as yeah. much as we do. And, and being persistent. I mean, mm-hmm. we got rejected. I don't know. 50 times at least private investor. (laughs) You know know how many people like give up after that? And and that's, you know, what's crazy about that is I've heard, I can't, it can't be done. Blah, blah, blah. I've talked to 50 people and I'm like, well, maybe you need to talk to 51. Like it's door knocking, you know, you knock a hundred doors. They're all going to laugh in your face and tell you to get out of here, but you only need one. Yes. Like that's, that's all you need is one. Yes. You don't need 50. Um, so that's awesome that you were persistent and you kept on because I mean, that's, uh, you know, even some of the partners that we have, you know, it was kind of, no, I don't know, not right now, let's wait. And then, you know, the persistency of it and then things starting to make sense. And I'm like, you know what, this would be good for the team. Let's, let's give them a chance or let's try this out and and see how it is. Um, you know, it, 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 it should show people that, not everyone wants to say no. Like, just because yep. everyone else did, you got to keep on and push and push and push. Like, you know, sometimes you're going to get a lot of obstacles in your way. You know, I, I think that sometimes people don't get an obstacle when they do something like maybe kill their first bull elk or take their first bear. And they're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then they see this next time where they're like, whoa, I've went, you know, three years on a dry spell, you know, not by choice, <laughs> you know, so it's definitely uh, good to be persistent. Yeah. Well, and like we're big, one, we're stubborn as all get out and really bullheaded, but you know, big believers of when you're struggling, you're growing. And with us, you know, we weren't happy with the life that we had and we wanted more for ourselves. And so we found a way to do it. And I think we recently just came up with our new family motto because I mean, when you talk about struggles, it has been everything from mental to physical beat down for months and months and months. And I mean, we hit 
last weekend, you know, we had three pieces of equipment go down this and that. And, you know, it came out to our new model is well, grab a handsaw. You know, we had chainsaws <laughs> go down and just fuming red, you know, cause it may seem simple, but we, I mean, three chainsaws went down in a row and it stopped two projects completely. And we were supposed to be done that weekend. And, you know, it was like, all right, go take a breath. You know, Eric had stepped away to breathe. And I was just like, you don't know, no. like, I'm not, I'm going to fix this. Like, I don't know how, but I'm going to fix this. And he's sitting in the yard and I come tromping through to the garage and I grab a stinking handsaw and start making my way out there. Like, this is going to take me all day, but I'm going to get this thing cut and we're going to keep moving. And so it's like, you know what? When in doubt, just grab a handsaw. Like, there's always a way. There's yeah, always a, a way motto. to get something. You got to yeah. put that on a t-shirt for sure. <laughs> just get a handsaw. And we're believers in that. Like, you can't be successful or grow when you're comfortable. No. And this is no. this has been this has literally been the hardest year I've ever endured in life. Everything. And I there's been fifty times where I've sat and thought to myself when I was doubting that all this could be done, that like I'm like, this is where people give up. Yeah. This is where they call it quits. It and is. I'm not gonna do that. Well, and they see, you know, they just people see bits and pieces of like the shops, uh, you know, the shops on fire and then we're up, you know, 14, 16 hours a day. We're tired, you know, plus throwing in workouts, this and that. And then you throw on top of every catastrophic thing, you know, we're running out of propane at the house. The propane dryer goes out. The truck tries to catch on fire. The roof leaks. The roof now leaks. In it. <laughs> Try to bring a tractor up. The tractor blows a tire. Uh, I think we fixed three flat tires rebuilt the front end of my truck now the back i mean it just everything that happens we rent a skidster well the bolt breaks and the skidster and nothing's open on set like everything else tax on top of it and it has definitely probably been the hardest couple of years we've ever gone through and it's it's hard when you're sitting there at night sometimes and wondering what the heck am i doing here like what are we doing but then you look back at where we started and it's just like, I mean, we've pulled off every, every time we come across something hard to where, I mean, we had the well go dry twice, you know, and every time we just don't know what to do, we'll end up sitting together. And it's like, you know what, look at everything we've made it through. There were so many times, it's just another time where we, we just don't see it now, but it's going to work out. We're going to get past it. And when we get past it, guess what? There's going to be another one right there. It's just, oh, it's yeah. a test. Everything is a test and it's whether you're just going to quit or not. If you don't quit, you're going to make it through every single time, regardless of the situation. I mean, most of the time, I mean, if you look at, and unless you've inherited or, or, you know, a trust fund or something like that, most of your most successful people, and this is in any industry, not just the hunting are when they work their way through their twenties, coming into their thirties or after, you know, because they've, they've went through the, the, the turmoil, the pain, if you will, and they either gave up, switched gears, or they pushed through and, and made it. I, I don't I couldn't name one person that was like, Oh, I tried this and it was a success the first time. I know people that lie about it. You know, just like I always hated the expression self made man, self made woman. I'm like, no one's self made. Are you, you there's no way you're at where you're at without 
a friend or um, you know your your uh, significant other. You know maybe your kid motivates you. Maybe um, you know that bank gives you the loan. You can't. You're not self-made if someone's done something like that for you. You know you, you it's a it's a thing where you've pushed through the obstacles and and you either make it or you don't. You know. Well, and you're gonna fail. Everybody will oh, fail. Yeah. We have failed on a daily basis, and not just like little fails, like oh, I forgot to grab this out of the house. I mean, like hard failures, <laughs> like really bad like, failures. Damn it, that was another failure. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we'll just keep failing until we succeed. But we, yeah, you you fail forward. Yeah, for sure. Like because you will always learn something from that experience. There's a reason you're going through that. Like every challenge, there's there's some reason and some lesson behind that. Whether you may not see it at the time, I mean, you, as long as you don't quit, you will get through anything. Yeah, and Shailen said it to me one time, or I read it in one of her posts, like, God won't put anything in front of you that you can't handle. And I'm not super religious either, but that kind of hit home with me. Oh, it does, man. You don't you don't even have to be religious to understand or to, to feel, you know, the power of, of words like that. Like it, it really is. It's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things not, not, you know, jumping down religion or anything, but at the end of the day, like there is something greater than you, whether you, whether you acknowledge it or not. So it's a simple fact of, you know, these obstacles are put in front of you for a reason to make you better. Cause like you said, uh, Shaylin, no one knows where they're at until they look back. You know, yep, we've yep. all seen it. It's like, I mean, take something basic like losing weight or working out. Like if you look at your body every single day, you're like, oh, I'm not seeing progress or this. I'm, I'm eating right. I'm exercising. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why isn't this working? Then you look at a picture from six months ago or last Christmas and you're like, whoa, like, <laughs> you know, what What happened? You're not going to see it. Your, your eyes and your mind, are, you know, when they see things like that, they – you know, they, they try to understand it in the in the now tense, not what it was. So sometimes you have to take that second and be like, okay, this sucks. Let's look where we were before. You know, last time the well was dry. You know, this time it's just a bolt on it. You know, like now you're we, able to. Now we have the jugs of water. You know, it's hey, like... I've, I've been there. I've, uh, I'm really glad I grew up dirt poor. I mean, I grew up dirt, dirt poor. Like I, we didn't know what money was um, until I, pretty much had joined the military when I was older. And, uh, when I looked, when I, we, our hot water ran out for a few months, I was actually out of town on a hunting trip. You know, I have a newborn come home, water's out. I'm doing everything I can to fix it. I'm not a handyman. I don't, I don't claim to be a handyman. I don't like touching <laughs> that stuff. Can I use common sense and watch a YouTube video? Sure. I'll figure it out. But I would rather just pay an expert, um, or talk to someone that knows what they're doing. Well, we, I mean, it got to the point where even the experts were like, we don't know what's going on. We, you know, we put three hot water heaters in, as you know, hot water heaters are not light. So I'm having to hand, you know, carry stuff out. We have code issues. We have building issues. It's all this issues are piling up over a stinking water heater. Come to find out, we figure it out. We went a few months and we were boiling water. We were, we were, you know, doing, filling up boiling water, doing dishes, cooking with it, doing the baby's bath, like doing our baths. And I'm like, I'm so glad I grew up like this because I, I probably wouldn't even know what to do uh, in these situations, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, you always learn something and half the time you're sitting there wondering why, why me? And then 
down the road, we're looking back of like, this is why. So we can teach somebody else because we know how bad it was to go through a certain situation. It's like, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, whether, I mean, we're both divorced, you know, the wells have gone dry, this and that. And it's like, just to teach, pass on those things. Right. Because there have been some things we've been through that it's like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. (laughs) And you guys just got married too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so throw that all into the mix. <laughs> that was a vacation, man. Yeah, that, that was the easiest. Oh, was that the easiest? <laughs> the most stressful <laughs> thing in someone's life was y'all's easiest. That right oh, there yeah. tells you what y'all were going through. <laughs> Talking to our daughter, it's like, what colors you want? Blue. Okay. It looked like a be- it looked like a beautiful <laughs> wedding, though. I I love the photos on the mountain. That couldn't a uh, long the long train dress. That was uh that was that was that was awesome right there. I, yeah, it was I, pretty cool. We had no, elk, elk came out and enjoyed the show. We almost stepped on a rattlesnake. Oh, it's always so. something. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Haywood event if it wasn't. Uh... <laughs> I told I told Shaylin the night before. I'm like, something bad's gonna happen. She's like, well, don't say that. I'm like, it is going. It is going too well for this to be a Haywood event. Things are so. Things are too quiet. Like an hour after we got married, we almost stepped on a rattlesnake. It was like, oh my gosh. gosh. It's it's always something, but. Oh yeah. So we're going on about an hour and almost a half here. I know you guys got to get the store open. I would love to extend an invite to have y'all on again. We're going to get this out. Um, Great icebreaker episode to, to really get to know the Haywoods, but if someone is out in y'all's neck of the woods, where can they where can they find your store? Um, and oh, I wanted to add this before is uh, um, I wanted to say about the uh, reindeer when you're looking back, sitting on your porch, drinking coffee at your reindeer, and then you'll then you'll know where you've been. But um, where where uh, where can you guys be found? Um, if someone's interested in in your reindeer operation you got going on, if they want to cut, stop into the store and and have a story where can they reach y'all so for the reindeer right now we're working on website but we have instagram and facebook up and running and it's under sawtooth reindeer yeah and then for the shop it's the summit archery and outdoors you can find us on facebook instagram uh same thing with the website we're still building the websites but you can definitely follow along on social media watch us grow with the reindeer ranch struggle see the shop you know um the shop is located in haley idaho it was the former high desert sports and so it still has that signage up and then our ranch is in Cary, idaho and hopefully we'll be open to the public soon nice nice and was that all y'all had going on was the the ranch and the store and you you said you ran into an issue at the store right issue after issue yeah so (laughs) so the guy that bought it he uh ended up not wanting it so he gave us the business but he wanted like 1.2 million for the building oh i got you so now we're in the this spot where there's another owner that's gonna buy the building and there's a bunch of different stuff with his loan that he has to occupy 50 percent of the building which is going to cut our space down tremendously so we're going to have to remodel the whole shop, move everything around. And then this last week there was some issues and the seller was going to back out, sell it to somebody else. And they didn't want us here. So now we're like, 
we were going to be, but we have a home. We yeah. still have yeah. a home as of today. Right now. <laughs> but we, we, went, we had to go into that mode of we need to find something else now in case this happens so we can move this whole store. Right, right. Just being proactive. I, I thought, in, yeah. and I, I know we didn't bring it in there. I was like, I don't want to put them on the spot, but I knew, I knew you guys were going through even more trials and tribulations, like with the store, than than what had you know originally how it it started out. I know I was talking to Shaylin a while back, and I think almost when you guys first started doing it, and she was telling me about all the all the little speed bumps y'all were hitting. And I'm like, oh man, it definitely sounds like it got worse. But you guys are being uh, persistent and uh, pushing forward, which I mean, that's, that's what you got to do, you know? Yeah. It's definitely gotten worse. I mean, everything from finding out taxes weren't paid to, I mean, it's everywhere you look, there's been a fire. However, <laughs> we have yeah. a roof over the shop. We have a home and no matter what, like we said, we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't so know how. Guys, especially <laughs> together, you know, especially being able to, to do it together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and like the kid that works for us, he's got a girlfriend, just graduated high school, and he said it multiple times. He's like, I don't know how you guys can do this together because if me and my girlfriend went through a minute amount of this stuff, we'd kill each other. Communication, <laughs> well, number yeah. one. You know, I, uh, I, I would probably say the same thing about a lot of things in life until having a kid and then... You know, I never understood the expression, um, kids are the best times of your life. I mean, the absolute most glorious times of your life and they're the absolute worst. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't have any merit. Like there's, there's no, that can't be that bad. Um, and then you know, I've, I've experienced and, and it's not just, you know, oh, the kid misbehaving or something. I mean, anything, you know, a, a choking scare or, you know, when you're when your kid's upset or sad or doesn't feel good. I mean, those are considered the worst times, too, because you can't do nothing about it. So it's definitely a, a lot of mix. But after you experience those types of things, I mean, there's two types of people. There's people that push forward and and overcome and, and try their best. And then there's people that are like, this is too hard. They cross their arms and they sit down and they pout. Um, and then life just keeps moving, you know, without yeah. them. Don't give yourself a choice. There no. is no choice. You, you can't yeah, just I mean, you one know, foot like, in front of the other. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I work a full-time job. I tune bows and building a ranch plus taking care of, you know, Kid, the daughter gym, full-time. Everything. Working out. I mean, it can be done. You just got to find a way you know and that was a, a huge reason why i wanted to get old two a misadventures on here was because <laughs> i uh i knew i was like a lot of the people i surround myself i probably couldn't name one person off the top of my head that you know it, whether it's a colleague a business associate or a friend or family member that that they don't have a million things going on at once and they're not successful. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, it's almost like the more successful you are, or at least the more driven you are. Um, even if things tend to fail or whatever, it, you continue doing other things. I don't, I don't know many people that are particularly like, okay, this is the one thing that I'm going to excel at and that's all I'm going to do. I've seen that where someone's like, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to do this. And then they slowly venture that, well, hang on, I'm going to add this and I'm going to add that and I'm going to do this. And, you know, in the, at the end, I mean, that's, that's what life's about. You got to live it. You know, I want you guys to look back when you're looking at those reindeer, when you're 67 years old and all this will just be a laugh. And it, like you had mentioned, like, just like with the water heater going out, like that was the, one of the worst two months I'd experienced in a very long time. Well, guess what? As I sit here today, 
all I do is remember it a little bit. Like all the pain of it was gone, you know, like, and that, and that's how a lot of things are with life. You know, you're going to look back, you're going to be like, okay, that sucked, but it wasn't that bad. But in that moment, you're like, this is the worst thing ever, you know? Yeah. But, well, um, I really appreciate both of you guys jumping on here. Um, if our listeners want to follow you on your socials, would you guys mind throwing those out too? Yeah, I think on Facebook, it's just Eric Haywood. And then on Instagram, it's Mountain underscore Maniac. I'll try to find yeah. it too and put it on there. I think yeah. Jalen, yours is. My Instagram is Huntress208. Um or Huntress.208. And then I'm terrible at Facebook. It's under Shaylin Haywood. Ward. Ward. Is it Ward? Still? Yeah. See, I'm bad with Facebook. <laughs> I do so much marketing and stuff that the last thing I want to do is my personal stuff. I hear um, that. But yeah, my Facebook is Shaylin Ward. Instagram is uh, Shaylin or Huntress.208. Yeah. And if, if you want to see what we're up to, the business pages are. You'll see more there than our personal yeah. stuff right now, just because we haven't had time to keep track of any of that. No, I, I get that. I uh, I tell, and I'll put all this in the show notes. I tell people all the time, I'm like, do not message me on my personal stuff. I don't yeah. watch it. Do not. I went through reels the other night that a million people sent me on Instagram, and I let someone know. I was like, I didn't even know I was like, like I didn't even realize I hadn't checked Instagram messages and like months if not over a better part of a year and i've seen all these i'm like and i texted the people that i talk to often i'm like i just want you to know if you got anything important don't send it here because it might not get seen for till next year so yeah yeah that's the way we are too right now so but well i definitely appreciate you guys jumping on that's all that i have i'm gonna get this episode out next week and what we'll do is um you know we'd love to have y'all back on especially when we get the store running uh in the reindeer reindeer ranch going we'll get on and uh do a little update episode and see how everything's going sounds good yeah thanks for having us thanks for having us yeah Yep. So that is um, Eric Haywood and Shaylin Haywood out of Idaho, aka 208 Miss Adventures. And uh, you guys are listening to uh, Huntley Price Serverside.